Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, 6th episode of our With Podcast. We hope this finds you well, this finds you safe. Uh, we love you, we're praying for you. Thank you for the opportunity once again to join together and engage our conversation as we all try and wrap our head, heart, and hands around doing this one really important but singular aspect of being uh, with. Uh, it's, there's some depth to it. Uh, it's got various forms with God, with others, and with ourselves. Um, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about caring for ourselves, and I want to continue that conversation because we, who have ultimate access to ourselves, uh, need to be outfitted uh, with proper ability and encouraged emphatically to serve that opportunity. You know, you are the only person who has ultimate access to yourself ultimate access to your body, soul, and spirit. Everybody can have their opinions, and we can read all kinds of books, and we can engage God's spirit, uh, but we are the only ones who have ultimate access to ourselves. I'm going to try and wrap up some section of soul care in this episode, uh, though such substance won't ever be exhausted. <laughs> we all have really deep waters, don't we? Uh, in episode two, I talked through some caring pieces for our physical being, the body. Episode 4, I worked through caring pieces for our soul. And I want to return to that subject matter here. I want to talk more about our soul. Um, if anyone has wondered why I haven't gotten to the quote-unquote most important part yet, uh, the spirit, uh, a word on that. I, I don't disagree. I'm a, I'm a pastor by vocation. I, I don't disagree the spirit is a vital portion of each of us. The fact of the matter is that every part of us is important. But I have found as I have attended to my physical being, given appropriate attention to my emotional, mental well-being, God proves to be more than faithful, more than willing, and more than able to grow me spiritually. I don't mean to say that spiritual healing and growth is automatic, but there certainly is an external driver in that regard. God. God. God is fully vested in me. He is 100% and absolutely given to you, to your maturity, to your growth, and to your full redemption. So, what we do in caring for our body, which has been entrusted to us, and what we accomplish in caring for our soul that is at our ultimate disposal, is invaluable towards allowing God to do what He exists and aches to do which is, again, grow us, heal us, mature us, bring us to full redemption. Particularly in this, this weird season, and it's almost pales in, it's just shallow to call where we are a weird season. But in this weird season, I think we need to reaffirm, reiterate our attention in caring for our thoughts, our will, and our emotions. And let me say again, being self-focused doesn't necessarily mean you're caring for yourself. Self-focus is window shopping self-care. We, we can look at ourselves all day in the mirror. We can post our own opinions on Facebook, Insta, and interact around those ad nauseum. We can talk without end and obsess over whatever, fill in the blank, and yet never know any change. At its core, Caring for ourselves, really caring for ourselves, leaning into that ultimate access to self means we are committing to not remain that person. We are committing to change. 
we are committing to grow. We are committing to heal. Now, let me be very clear. I'm talking about self-care. I don't mean to propose that we care for others only when the understanding and agreement comes that they not remain who they are. (laughs) That is wrong. That is manipulative and that is emotionally abusive. We care for others because we should. And we care for ourselves. We give attention, time, space. Because such an action and such attention is in concert with the commitment we make to change. The last episode that I've referenced, I talked through three R's of caring for our souls. The episode was uh, episode four, R, R, and R. Rest, rhythm, and resemblance. Rest is the, the drum I will bang until I am not able to bang any drum anymore because I think all of us need to continue to honor that part of who we are. God has crafted us and He knows how we work more than we know how we work. And He rested and He put in us the, the, the need for rest and Sabbath. And so uh, I think we all need to continue to uh, be aware of that in our lives. Rhythm, I, I, I talked about rhythm. and That's another creation um, truth that we see in the scriptures, but also whenever you read something, whenever I open up an article, there's a resonating reality. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because it falls within the the umbrella of rest or, or it somehow connects to understanding rhythm. Humans were made in rhythm. We were placed in a rhythm. The Genesis creation narrative speaks to that. Now, everyone is different. Let me just say, everybody is different. We all exist on a spectrum of spontaneity, for lack of a better phrase. But there is a deeper way which resides in all of us. Certainly, the outworking each of us employs is colored by upbringings, personalities, life experiences, season of life, and so forth. But we're rhythm creatures. Every song on the face of the planet that has ever existed has a time signature. Whether it's 2 4, 3 4, 6 8, 8 9, 9 8, 7 12, whatever it might be. I have a good friend of mine who uh, became an ethnomusicologist and he traveled the world looking at the different forms of music and how they sounded different and they felt different. But no matter where they came from, they all had a time signature. The same can be spoken about us as humans. We may have different rhythms, and we may have different speeds, and we may have different frames of reference, but we all have the space and capacity within us that aches and wants a rhythm. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken with people over the last several weeks, and the, the, the question comes up, what day is it? I have no idea. What, do you know what day it is? Now, it's awesome to forget what day it is when you're on vacation. I remember being on my honeymoon with my wife, my bride, and we looked at each other one time. She's like, do you know what day it is? No. Do you care? No, not a bit. This is fantastic. (laughs) This is not a honeymoon. We are not on vacation. We're disoriented. And we still need some semblance of rhythm because we are rhythm creatures. What I really want to speak to, I want to revisit that third R, resemblance. Be someone who resembles you. I love that statement. I made that statement. <laughs> and I wanted to say it again. It flows off the tongue, doesn't it? Be someone who resembles you. 
I mean, it ignites. It lends illustration to our blank pages, doesn't it? Be someone who resembles you. <laughs> I mean, it's, come on. It, it just has this launching dynamic to it. It's fun. It's freeing to say. Go ahead, try it. Be someone who resembles you. Be someone who resembles you. The reality is it lives much more complicated than it communicates. <laughs> A few musings on becoming someone who resembles you. Letting your soul find breath and you your being. I have three V's. Voices, vacuums, and vectors. First, voices. Self-care should never, listen to me, should never be a solitary activity. We all need objective voices to give us guidance, help bring us along to ourselves. It takes more than two hands to find our way out of a wet paper bag that we get lost in called life. It's why we all have rear view mirrors. You can't see every angle by yourself. In fact, it's illegal to drive a car without appropriate rear view mirrors. Why? Because you can't see all of yourself. We need voices. A couple things about these voices. These voices need to be safe. And when I say safe, I don't mean they, they won't tell you uh, things that are hurtful because I, I think that they should. I think they should tell you the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. Safety for me, when you're talking about the voices in your life, means there's, the, the, there's an exchange. You feel safe with someone because you've allowed them into your heart. And more times than not, they've allowed you into theirs. Safety is defined, I think, by the flow of information, the give and take that is always available, always open for business, for lack of a better word, lack of a better phrase. Voices should be fastened. If, you're, if one of your voices is someone who you never talk to unless you have a problem, if one of your voices is someone who really doesn't know what you're going through in your marriage except when you have something to complain about your spouse, that person isn't really fastened to your life. They don't have the traction to be able to speak to it. And also, make sure the voices are in their right frame. My wife and I, I can't even explain it. She, she's my best friend. Uh, Tanya is, has been in my life since, since I was, I mean, really in relationships since I was 17 years old. So for, for 21, 22 years. And she knows everything about me. She's my best friend. She's my lover. She's my wife. She's my business partner. She's the person who walks with me. She's the person who's seen every angle and side of me. The, the good sides, the bad sides, the ugly sides, the beautiful sides. And there isn't anything in my life that has happened up to this point. And I commit to this podcast <laughs> as much as that means, but I commit in this moment. And I did 22 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, 17 years ago when we got married, that I will always tell her what's going on in my heart and in my mind. And she should as my wife. But as my wife, she can't always be the one who hears my struggles. She has to always know what I'm struggling with, but I, I, I can't always go to her because it might be exhausting. As my wife, she serves me. She supports me. She speaks into me. She corrects me. But she also has to be my wife. She also has to be there in so many other ways. And so making sure that a voice is in a right frame means honoring that, yes, my wife needs to know everything that's going on 
inside of me, but maybe, just maybe, she can't take all of me, and so I need to make sure I've got the, the, the close friends who I speak to, the close friends that I let in as well, because otherwise I might exhaust my wife. Now, please hear me. My wife knows everything. She will always know everything. I believe our spouses should know everything and will always know everything. But they can't always be the only solution. It's too exhausting. So those voices need to have the right frame as well. Vacuums. Vacuums. This, this was the impetus for the whole episode, if I'm honest. I mentioned it last time in closing and just couldn't get away from what I was trying to say but didn't completely verbalize. When there's a lack of true self... And we're talking about becoming someone who resembles you. When, when there's a lack of true self, we tend to pick up whatever's around us. Or more truly, when we don't have ourselves holding us down, we get sucked up into whatever is around us pulling at us. Have you ever gone grocery shopping? Remember when grocery shopping was easy? <laughs> we just kind of pop into the store. But have you ever, do you remember when you would go grocery shopping when you were hungry? Man, was that a huge mistake. I would come home with all kinds of things that Tanya didn't say we needed and that she didn't even want in the house. But I was hungry, and so I bought it because everything looks better when you're hungry. Are you with me? So when your soul is hungry, we have a tendency to grab at things that have no business being in the pantry of our lives. Examples. Passions. When somebody else is really passionate there's this like vacuum effect that all of a sudden I feel the need to become passionate about what they're passionate about. It's one of the problems I have with Church Universal. Like too many people just feel like, well, if you're not passionate about this, then you're missing it. Man, that is so unhealthy. I have to be passionate and honest and honor what I'm passionate about. And you can be passionate about what you're passionate about. We can encourage one another. We can, we can lean into it with one another. We can serve each other in those things. But I don't have to be passionate about what you're passionate about. And so when we lack a passion source or a passion ache in our own lives, we have a tendency to pick up whatever somebody else is passionate about. Productivity. When someone else is really productive, when they are successful, if we don't have something to give our soul to, we tend to think we need to be productive like they're productive. We need to work and be successful like they are working and like they are successful. Energy level. Man. I, I, I have so many things, so many words I want to say about energy level. It's okay if you don't have the same energy level as that person. It's okay if you need to take a nap. It's okay if you need to sleep in a little bit later or go to bed a little bit earlier. When we don't have our true self connected to an essence and a grind that really pulls at who we are, we can tend to look at other people and because we live in this twisted American mindset, Western American dream, Western mindset thing, because it's like, well, I only get five hours of sleep because I do so many things in 19 hours. And we can feel bad. That's a vacuum, guys. That's a, 
uh, oh, I feel like I should need this much sleep. I feel like I should be working more. I should be burning the candle at both ends. It's it's kind of like that movie Runaway Bride, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, where this woman goes from one relationship to another and one engagement to another, but never is able to really close the deal. And they all have this conversation to realize one day that the runaway bride just keeps attaching herself to the person's personality that she is relating to. Her eggs are the favorite kind of eggs that that person likes. She likes to exercise because she's relating to a gym teacher. She likes to go hiking because she's relating to somebody who loves the outdoors. But she's not really able to find who she is. That's what we do as we get sucked into these vacuums. If we haven't become the person or working towards becoming the person who resembles ourselves. And finally, vectors. Vectors. I, I, I mean, I already had two V's, so I found this guy, Vector, to complete the cubing. It means direction. When you're becoming someone who resembles you, you have to keep that direction going. When you're becoming someone who resembles you, you have to keep that direction going. You have to keep going in that direction. Walt Disney said, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Essayist Henry David Thoreau says, Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. What is the vector of you? The great prophet Dory said, Just keep swimming. My favorite is Jesus' invitation. Follow me. Now, as an aside, and I know what people mean when they say, Be like Jesus. And I've said that for a lot of years, and I've written that, and I've had conversations about people being like Jesus. Um, can I just be honest with you today that I don't think I'm coming more and more to this place that Jesus doesn't want you to be like him. He invites us not to arrive at himself, but he says, hey, follow me. Let me do life with you. The original language here is akoluteo, which means let me do life with you. Please do your life with me. Following Jesus doesn't mean you're becoming like Him. We're called to do greater. We're called to be who we are. He is who He is. We need to be who we are. I love that invitation that Jesus gives us, the vector that He says, hey, follow me. When my wife and I were in student ministry, we were pastors for years in student ministry, we always tried really hard to speak honestly about relationships dating and courting and all that kind of stuff because the reach of those things is huge into the lives and souls of young people to be honest it's not different when you get older by the way uh, there's just an exchange of costs and casualties younger people you can lose your innocence you can lose the ability to discover yourself and grow into really who you are older people as we get older you still can lose your innocence you could still lose the ability to discover yourself there's also the mortgage that's at stake, the financial commitments and your job employment, the kids that are at stake. But I digress. That's another podcast for another day. All relationships, we used to always say, are going in one of two directions. They're growing or they're dying. There's no middle ground. The speed and force of direction may vary, but there are only two directions. Per our conversation here, being the you who resembles, being someone who resembles you, per this conversation of becoming someone who resembles you, what, Chris, what does that have to do with anything? We are either conforming or transforming. When we're speaking about becoming someone who resembles you, 
we are either conforming or we're transforming. Now, take a deep breath. I don't mean to freak you out. I don't mean to give everyone some black and white, right and wrong, unhealthy and untrue filter. I'm just trying to pull on the honest truth of Scripture as Paul writes and most people know. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's amazing because the reality is we're all presenting ourselves as something and someone. Paul just encourages us to give it to someone who really loves us and who really cares about us, to God. But he goes on in a familiar passage says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The speed and force of maturity. Becoming someone who resembles you. Or the speed and force of being shaped by others and pressures around you and environment that you're part of to act like someone who does not look like you varies. The speed and force will surely vary. You might be engaged in an exhilarating climb or you might find yourself spiraling downward. You could be mercifully taking baby steps forward. You may be slip sliding towards a false self. I do find, I do find a lot of truth in understanding our vectors are either aimed at conforming, like we are being shaped by outside sources, or that we're transforming. We're allowing that which is inside of us to come out, to come to the surface of who we are. But we cannot disregard there being different speeds and forces surrounding such. And hear me, please, slow isn't bad. Maybe in some seasons, you just move quicker than others. I tend to move slower when I'm learning. The season of life that we're in with three young kids and the season of life that we used to be in, I remember, man, I remember when Tiny and I were first married. We thought we were busy. (laughs) And we were. Now with three kids and their individual lives and schedules and relationships and circumstances, now we're busy at a whole nother level. When there are seasons of heavy pulling, I can't move as fast. I'm a little bit slower maybe even in my personal awareness or emotional health. And that's okay. I'm a runner. That's not true. I like to run. I wouldn't call myself a runner, but I like to run. It's time for me to get away. It's time for me to connect with God. It's time for me to kind of clear my head. Sure, the calorie burn... uh, makes me feel good and let's be honest if my apple watch doesn't register the run no matter how i connected with god and emotionally free i get if it didn't connect with the calorie burn somewhere deep inside me that run never happened (laughs) but that's a whole nother story i like to run i like to go out in nature i like to think and pray and i also like to run fast i like to know i'm running a mile at a certain pace i like to know i'm challenging myself i like to know i'm growing and getting better when i was recovering from gallbladder and hernia surgery i couldn't run at all and so i walked i remember one day walking in my neighborhood and it was hard walking was painful I used to run at a seven-minute mile without even trying and be totally fine. And here I was laboring at a 20-minute walking mile. I mean, it was painful. It hurt every step. I felt incisions and gas pain. And maybe that's too much, but here I am. (laughs) And it just, it didn't feel good. I remember one time I was walking and laboring. I was breathing heavy. It was just hard. 
and I think I had just turned the first corner from my house. I'd walked about a half a block. Anyway, some guy came running past one of our neighbors, and he waved and smiled, and we usually pass each other when we run, and I would wave at him, and he waves at me, but this day, I was walking, having turned one block, and he went running by and smiled and waved, and I lifted my hand, which hurt, by the way, grimaced in pain, and said, hey, and I wanted to yell to him, I just had surgery! I'm not being lazy. I'm not faltering. I'm just, this is really hard. You know what? He didn't care. <laughs> and honestly, it didn't matter. So I wasn't running at the same speed, but I was making perhaps even more ground up in those painful steps than I was if I were running my 6.30 or 6.45 or 7-minute mile. So I'm not here to ignore speed and force. Those things matter, but not as much as the vector. Am I conforming? Or am I entering into the process of transformation, the, the following that Jesus has invited me to? Be someone who resembles you. Assess the voices. Be aware of the vacuums that you might be privy to. You might hear me talk about passion and be like, I don't care about other people's passion. Productivity, man, I'm going to do me. But when I talked about energy level, you're like, oh. Maybe certain vacuums land on you more than others. Assess the vectors in your life. I'd encourage everybody, use this different space we have here now to perhaps take a different tack in becoming who you were intended to be. Hey, thank you so much for joining in uh, to our podcast this afternoon. We love you. We hope you're finding this beneficial, encouraging, and maybe even a little bit challenging. Now, may you, in the way of our Christ, go, be with and care for yourself as God cares for and is with you.